Tonight, back from Planet Comic Con, Gene Roddenberry gets a biopic, a new Lego Star Wars game, and remembering actress Marilyn Eastman, plus an interview with author John Jackson Miller. All that and more on the sci-fi edition of Multiverse, tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 139 of Multiverse Tonight, the sci-fi edition. I'm, of course, your host, Thomas Townley. And uh, we're back from Planet Comic Con 2021, the return, if you will. Um, let me tell you a story. Uh, well, we went there Thursday night, got settled in. Uh, took a walk down to Union Station, which was less than a mile from our, our hotel. If you're ever in Kansas City, uh, go down and see that place. That place is wonderful. Got some, got some fudge or got some uh, candy from a candy store there. Lovely chocolate. Uh, went and saw the train museum Friday. Uh, we got up. We went down to the, we went down to the con, uh, got our credentials and everything. And basically, you know, did our thing, walked around, got, uh, got an autograph or two. And, uh, I did an interview with John Jackson Miller that day. Unfortunately, wah, 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 it didn't record because I was, I was, I was actually flustered. You know, this, this happens. I was out of, out of practice. You know, I haven't been back, I've been to Comic Con since 2019 before the pandemic. So, you know. I screwed up. I admit, mid so, and so I, I arranged with him to you know maybe try it try it on Saturday. But after that, we went back to the back to the hotel, and uh, my aunt in law took us out to dinner at the Cheesecake Factory at the uh, Country Club Plaza. Um, yeah, well, it was, it was it was a good meal, but it took forever. And ever and ever, I mean, even my patience was wearing thin. But it was good, fine. Went, went there, got back, went back to bed. I got up on Saturday, went and uh, got, you know, that's, that's, you know, your main day of the con. Went there, walked around. Um, it wasn't as crowded as years past. That's, I think, a combination of when the pandemic still being on, people not wanting the Go out to stuff like that, and there being, I think, fewer vendors. You know, so there was more room to to walk around. Um, as I went, got that interview with John Jackson Miller, finally, uh, which will be airing on today's program. Uh, we also got uh, an interview with Dayton Ward and Kevin Dilmore. You know, my perennial uh, interview with them. Tried something new, so uh, that'll be on an upcoming episode. And uh, then after that, we went back to the hotel and watched SummerSlam, which frankly took longer than the than it took us to get the meal at uh, Cheesecake Factory. 
It was a good show, but man, that took forever. Uh, Sunday was, of course, our, our day to go home, but we still had one more thing to do, and that was a panel at Comic-Con. I'd, I was invited to be on the panel stage with with uh, the guys from uh, Pop Goes the Culture, who were doing a podcast panel on how to start a podcast, and, you know, that was fun. Uh, now, if you'd like to see uh, pictures from that event, they're up on our Instagram, and I'll probably make a gallery for it on our website as well. Let's show you some of the pictures here. We got the... There we go. That's Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. Nice guy. Uh, from Laverne Shirley, we had Shirley. We had the Cindy Williams, and then I picked up the librarian uh, from AEW, Love Bates. I got the autograph. Here from uh, MST3K. And uh, and the big, big one was Dr. Britt Baker from AEW. Um, She was very nice. She had the belt. We took a picture with her. Again, that's going to be up on the website as well and Instagram. But uh, you're not here to hear me talk about that. We're here for the news. So let's get started with the Star Trek news. And we're starting Star Trek news today with Star Trek Discovery, which has finally wrapped production on Season 4. The uh, on-again, off-again production began last November 2nd. Exec producer and co-showrunner Michelle Paradise tweeted, quote, And that's a wrap on S4. A huge thank you to our amazing cast and crew. I can't say enough about the effort, teamwork, and heart that brought they brought to this challenging season. We're now turning off the lights and leaving the stages in good hands. Until next time, hashtag Star Trek Discovery. Now, Season 4 will debut on Paramount Plus later this year. Decades after he passed on and... After he passed on, and a hundred years after his birth, Gene Roddenberry will be the subject of a biopic based on his life. The biopic is being developed by his son Rod's company, Roddenberry Entertainment, and will be written by Emmy Award-winning writer Adam Mazar. In a joint statement, Rod and his producing partner, Trevor Roth, said, quote, Gene led a remarkable life. He was an incredibly complex, compelling man whose work changed the face of television and whose ideas changed the world. It's time to share Gene's story with audiences everywhere. Gene Ronray did have an interesting life other than inventing Star Trek. He was a decorated World War II veteran who flew missions in the South Pacific, became a commercial airline pilot who survived two plane crashes, and was a member of the LAPD. He eventually moved into screenwriting, working on shows like Half Gun Will Travel, Dr. Kildare, The Virginian, and many others during the heyday of broadcast television. He eventually moved moved on to producing, and in 1966, Star Trek premiered on NBC, eventually becoming one of the most famous television shows in history, entering Roddenberry into a larger-than-life figure. He followed that up with the feature films and eventually returned to television, creating Star Trek The Next Generation before passing away in 1991. Unquote. Now, uh, no details were made available about possible directors, stars, financing, or distribution on this project. And I'm probably willing, 
willing to bet this will be a glowing biopic. It's not going to be a negative biopic in any way. So, you know, take it, take it for what it is. Paramount Plus will celebrate Star Wars, Star Trek Day on September 8th with a special live stream celebration. The special will uh, be live from the Skirball Cultural Center in Los Angeles and will be hosted by <sighs> Will Wheaton and M- Micah Burton and feature back-to-back in-person conversations with cast members and creative minds from the Star Trek universe. Legacy moments will also be had with the iconic cast members from current and past shows, plus surprise appearances, announcements, and reveals throughout. The event will also see Jeff Russo, the composer of the main themes of Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard, conducting a live symphony orchestra. Now, uh, there's a list of panels. Uh, There's a Star Trek Prodigy panel, a Discovery panel, a Strange New Worlds panel, one for Lower Decks, one for Picard, and the Roddenberry Legacy panel. Uh, to see who are now to see that list, you can go into our show notes when this episode is up. Now, in addition, the legacy moments will be featuring appearances from Sarah Clofton, uh, Anthony, Anthony Montgomery, Garrett Wong, uh, George Takai, and LeVar Burton. And in addition, the day will also see the return of the hashtag Star Trek United Gives campaign, which will donate $1 to every person who tweets the hashtag. The money will be donated to organizations that do the real-world work of champion, championing equality, social justice, the arts, and innovation. Paramount Plus and the Roddenberry Foundation are also partnering on a new global campaign to engage fans in honoring the legacy of Gene Roddenberry, which will launch on September 8th. The day will also allow fans to use a special Star Trek Day 20 coupon code to get 20% off at the official Star Trek online store. Star Trek Prodigy has added John Noble and Jimmy Simpson to the series' regular cast. The two will be playing the show's villains, and Noble will play the Diviner, who rules the mining asteroid of Tars Lamora, who is looking for the USS Protostar. Simpson will play Dreadnought, the Diviner's spider-like robotic minion, whose only purpose in life is to enforce his master's will with heartless ruthlessness. A diviner is also the father of one of the runaways, Gwen. Now, Noble is best known for Fringe, Sleepy Hollow, and The Lord of the Rings. Simpson is best known for roles on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, House of Cards, and Westworld. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about this at the Star Trek Day celebration. Star Trek is getting a new official Star Trek magazine from Titan Publishing. The magazine, called Star Trek Explorer, is being described as, quote, the number one destination for everything Star Trek, filled with in-depth interviews and features taking you behind the scenes of all your favorite shows and movies, unquote. Now, the magazine will have a new design, two exclusive Star Trek short stories, and a 16-page theme supplement in each issue. The first issue supplement is a guide to Captain James T. Kirk. The magazine will cost $9.99 a month, or $29.99 for a year's subscription. Issue 1 will be out on November 2nd. Now, let's do that interview. Hello, I'm here back at Planet Comic Con 2021 with New York Times best-selling author John Jackson Miller. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. And you've got a brand new book that just came out. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, Star, War, or Star Trek, uh, sorry, Picard, Rogue Elements. Yeah, I make that mistake a lot. 
uh, Rogue Elements is uh, the story of how Captain Rios, the pilot from uh, La Serena in the um, in the Star Trek Picard series, how he gets the ship and what his first uh, mission is, his first missions. It's really the first two years of his travels uh, for uh, you know, before he meets Picard. And uh, how long did the the take to write this book? Uh, it took about uh, four or five months, uh, and uh, it took most of the winter, which uh, was uh, good timing because uh, if I'm shut in in Wisconsin anyway, it's a good time to do the book. Right. And uh, now you've written a lot of our, our books: Star Wars, Star Trek, and, and things like that. Um, what are you currently working on right now? I uh, can't tell you. Ah, there you go. it's a secret. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, well, it's, uh, yes, uh, uh, non-disclosure agreements are fun. Oh yeah. So besides that, what off time? Uh, well, I run a website called Comicron, which is a sales chart history site for comic books. Uh, I don't know if it's for fun necessarily, but I do track a lot of things there, and of course. Uh, yesterday was an unusual day for me because the news came out that the Knights of the Old Republic uh, omnibus that we did for at Marvel, uh, they announced at Diamond yesterday that it was the number one graphic novel in the comics industry in uh, you know, the direct market in the comic shops uh, in the month of uh, July. So it's uh, it's weird to be part of the story that I'm covering kind of there, but it, that was that was uh, interesting news that I got uh, you know here at the booth and then had a quick quick write it up. That's cool. And is there any, uh, besides being being here at the convention, is there anything you want to do while you're in Kansas City? Uh, well, I've already had my barbecue, so I will just, uh, uh, I'll be, I'll be uh, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, visiting the Power and Light District last night. That was really interesting. Oh, great. Well, John Jackson Miller, it's been great having you, and I hope you success on this book. All right, thank you. And people can find me, JJM Faraway, on Twitter. Uh, farawaypress.com is my website. All right. We'll see you around the galaxy. All right. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Very good. And I'd like to thank John Jackson Miller for uh, allowing, for uh, doing that interview. You know, I kind of, you know, again, I tried to do the interview on, on Friday and I had technical fail. So, no, the only day I really had left was was Saturday because Sunday I was you know doing that podcast panel and leaving. So you know he was very kind to get a couple of minutes away from his table. He was camp. He was he was a little busy. He had people coming up, you know, the talk to him and see the book and all that. So you know he was very nice to take a few minutes to uh, do that interview, and uh, I'd like to thank him and again wish him success on this and future books. Now let's go over to the Star Wars news. Roger, roger. And we begin today's Star Wars news with Boba, Shet Boba Fett's ship, formerly called the Slave One, which will now be called Firespray. The name was debuted in a press release for the Marvel Comics Star Wars crossover event, War of the Bounty Hunters. The story takes place soon after the events of The Empire Strikes Back and centers on Boba Fett trying to take Han Solo's carbonate body back to Jabba. However, Boba gets robbed by Solo's ex Kira from Solo. Now there's a free-for-all between the Empire, Galactic Crime Syndicates, and the Rebel Alliance, and every other bounty hunter, all wanting to take possession of the Han Solo sickle. 
The comic will have variant covers with different vehicles, and these are the ones that they listed. Quote, Bosk and the Hound's Tooth, Boba Fett and Fire Spray, IG-88 and IG-2000, Zuckus and the Mist Hunter, Valence Bellert and the Broken Wing, and Dengar and the Punishing One. So take that for, for what you will. Uh, we also got word that Star Wars Andor has wrapped filming at Pinewood Studios in England. And beyond that, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga has a new release window. TT Games at Gamescom 2021 announced that the long-awaited definitive game will be released in the spring of 2022, a year later than it was originally going to come out. The new LEGO Star Wars game will feature all three Star Wars trilogies with a total of 45 different levels or 5 per movie, a decrease of 6 per movie in previous games. LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga will feature over 500 characters from the Star Wars franchise with playable characters ranging from well-known characters to the more obscure. Players will also have the ability to explore over a dozen planets from the Star Wars universe, including Naboo, Tatooine, Coruscant, Kamino, Genosis, Kajek, Mustafar, Yavin 4, Hoth, Dagobah, Bespin, Endor, Jakku, Starkiller Base, Akto, Crate, Basana, Kimji, Kefbir, and Exagon. The stand-in for Jabba the Hutt from that cut scene from, the Empire, from uh, A New Hope has been repurposed. In Star Wars issue 17, or 16, excuse me, the characters will meet a captain of a vessel who looks like Declan Mulholland, the actor who stood in for the effect that would have been Jabba the Hutt in the first ever Star Wars film, but the scene was cut and not finished until Star Wars the Special Edition. Now, two mixed results. Uh, Star Wars issue 16 is on sale at comic book stores now. The Mandalorian Season 3 will start filming next month, according to star Carl Weathers. During an appearance at Steel City Con, the actor revealed that he will be acting and directing in the new season. Now let's go to the geek news. Viacom CBS is on a selling spree. First selling longtime New York headquarters BlackRock, and now the CBS Studio Campus in Studio City, California. The studio, which opened in 1928 during the silent film era, has hosted such productions as Gunsmoke, Gilgan's Island, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Big Brother, and Entertainment Tonight. Dune director Denis Villeneuve is pretty sure that the upcoming Dune movie will be getting a part two. In an interview with Total Film, the director said, quote, We have been hearing in the past few decades that it's not possible to adapt this book, and that it's an impossible task. I think that in the back of the mind of the studio, it's still the same. So the first thing was to prove that there was a beautiful, popular movie that can exist. And I think that I proved that everybody at Warner Studios and Legendary, they're 100% behind me on behind the project. They feel that it would need a really bad outcome at the box office to not have a Dune Part 2 because they love the movie. They're proud of the movie, so they want the movie to move forward, and they still did half of it. So, you know, I'm very optimistic, unquote. Now, he also revealed that he's in the middle of writing the screenplay for part two right now. Dune is opening in theaters and HBO Max on October 22nd. In celebration of James Cameron's Alien's 35th anniversary, Hasbro is releasing the Nerf LMTD Alien's M41-A Pulse Blaster. The blaster is inspired by the weapon used by the Colonial Marine Corps in the movie and is capable of firing both the 10 Nerf, both 10 Nerf 
nerf elite darts for fully motorized rapid fire mode or three mega darts via pump action. It also has an LCD dart counter and sound effects when the trigger is pulled. And it also comes in, pa- pa- it also comes packaged in a colonial marine styles cr- uh, crate. Pre-orders are live now on GameStop and it will set you back at least $95. Whoopi Goldberg would like to try her hand at being the, do- the doctor. Whoopi has reportedly approached the BBC about taking the role and even though she admits that she's not may, might not be exactly the right fit, she would love to have it happen in some way. Quote, I want to be Doctor Who, and I still do. I think it would mean an evolution into being American, and I don't know that that's correct for Doctor Who. I don't know I can usurp that. As much as I love it, I love watching it still in all its narrations. There are certainly there are certain things that are blatantly all English. Doctor Who is like that to me. It's like Marmite. It's very English and needs to stay that way. Unquote. You know, I think that I think that would be interesting. You know, maybe for like an episode. Disney Plus has ordered a new series based on Jules Verne's classic Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. The ten-part series called Nautilus will tell the origin story of Captain Nemo and his favorite famous submarine. Now, the Nautilus will be produced by UK Banner's Moon River TV and all three media-owned seven stories. Now, Nemo is an Indian prince robbed of his birthright and family. A pr- and, and family. He's a prisoner of the East India Company and a man bent on revenge against the forces which have taken everything from him. Nemo will set sail with his ragtag crew on board the awe-inspiring vessel, battling foes and discovering magical underwater worlds. Filming is set to start in early 2022. Former Leave It to Beavit star and director Tony Dow has been admitted to a New York hospital with pneumonia. Dow, who is 76, is best known for playing Wally Cleaver, the Beaver's brother, on the classic sitcom. Now, Dow has also directed episodes of Babylon 5, Swamp Thing, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the TV versions of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Harry the Hendersons. And then finally tonight, actress Marilyn Eastman has passed away. Marilyn not only acted as Helen Cooper in George A. Romero's original Night of the Living Dead, but also played a zombie, financed, and lent a hand in makeup, prop, prop, and sound. Now, Eastman was vice president and creative director at industrial film production company Hardman Associates when she and Carl Hardman teamed up with Romero, John A. Russo, and Russell Strenner to form Image 10 Productions. They cobbled together $6,000 to start production on what was first called Night of the Flesh Eaters. The movie was a hit at midnight showings. However, they never got their money back after the distributor left the copyright bug off the retitled name for the movie, Night of the Living Dead, making the movie public domain. In 1996, she appeared in Santa Claus. She passed away on August 22nd in her sleep and was preceded in in death by her life partner, Carl Hardman, and is survived by her sons and their children and grandchildren. She was 87 years old. Now that brings us to the end of the show for today. Now be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter. At Multiverse Tom, we're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, check out the show notes, visit our T Public store, and so much more. Head on over to MultiverseTonight.com. And if you're a subscriber, please be sure to share us with uh, friends 
And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to follow or subscribe. And why not leave some feedback? Let me know how we're doing. Now, special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Now, thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two days with a new comic book edition and two weeks with a brand new sci-fi edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.